And now please welcome J.T. Meyer as he continues our Holy Spirit series. Thank you, guys. How is everybody doing this morning? Good. Hey, well, recently I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who doesn't attend church, and he knows I'm a pastor, and he was asking me, like, you know, what do you, what do, you do as a pastor? What is your job like? And he said, I know you preach sometimes, and you, you do some music sometimes. What is your, what is it like an average day for you look like? And I said, well, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things I do other than those things is um, people pretty regularly want to get together and talk. And, and he said, well, I mean, what, what do they want to talk about? What do they want to talk about? I mean, do they have questions about the Bible? And I said, well, I mean, sometimes. But, you know, the most, the most common thing that people want to talk about, like pretty much every time I get together with someone, not always, but pretty much every time, people have this, this common question that continues to come up. And it's this question of, what am I supposed to do? What am I doing? And sometimes it's on a, a very large scale. Like, what's the purpose of my life? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Like, what, what, am, I, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And then other times it's more specific. Like, I don't, I don't know how to handle this relationship or what am I supposed to do with, with my job in this situation or, or whatever. But it's this question of, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you, can you help me? I remember in my early, mid-20s, um, I had dropped out of college and started working at Starbucks and, and just really didn't care about what I was doing with my life and I was just having fun and, and shuffling along. And, and after a year or two of that, I started to see a lot of my friends graduate and get good jobs and start making some money and and a lot of them started getting married and having kids. And, you know, those questions started coming up like, what, well, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do with my life? And this is really common in our early 20s. But to tell you the truth, I feel like it still continues today. I still ask those questions. What am I doing? And sometimes the questions begin to shift a little bit. Like for me now, it's a lot of, a lot of times has to do with things like, what am I doing as a parent? Like, how, do I, how am I supposed to parent, or how am I supposed to handle this relationship with, with you know, my coworker or my wife, or, or how am I supposed to be a good husband, or, or whatever it is, but I'm, I'm still, I haven't figured it out yet. I still haven't figured it out yet. And the truth is, is I think all of us are asking those questions, all of us are, are wondering. I, I think we like to pretend that we've got it figured out, but we don't. I mean, when I, when I talk to people of all ages, they all say, yeah, like I thought by this age I'd have known a little bit more, but I don't yet. And if you look at the trends in our country, you see a lot of things like with, with college-age students, people are changing their major way more than they ever have. It's at like, you know, multiple times people will go into college saying, this is my major, and they change multiple times within their college career. We see people, this would have never happened like 20 or 30 years ago, or rarely happened, but people are changing their careers, it says like two to three times in their lifetime. Like in, in the past, people would have had one career, and that's what they would have done. Maybe they would have changed it once, but now people are constantly changing their careers. And we, we, we all know the, the stats when it comes to divorce. Over half of all marriages end in divorce. And I think the reason why we see all of this indecision and people changing and thinking, uh, I think this is what I'm going to do. No, I'm going to do this now. Uh, maybe I'll do this, is because we're confused. We don't know what we're doing. We're really confused. And for some of us, you know, when I talk to people, and sometimes in my own life, this causes so much anxiety and stress and fear. You know, this is the number one reason that people see professional counselors. I was, I was looking at some studies about this and said the number one reason that people go to professional counselors is to find, because they have that question, what am I doing? I feel stuck. I feel lost. I need, to, I need direction in my life. And again, I think if we were honest, if we went around the room, we'd say, yeah, I feel that way. 
You know, maybe, and maybe some of us have ourselves fooled, but none of us have it figured out. None of us have this, this figured out. Let me just say, this is not my observation. This is not just my perception, and this is not a new thing. You know, the Bible talks a lot about this. The Bible talks about how this world is confusing. This world is hard, and we face trials, and we face tribulation, and, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to navigate through, and, and on our own, we can't do it. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, before he breathed his last breath, one of the things he said is he looked and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And I don't think he was saying, Father, forgive them. They've, they've made a boo-boo here. They've, they're making a mistake. I think he was talking about the core of who we are. Saying, Father, forgive them. They they fundamentally don't know what they're doing. They're lost. They've lost their way. So aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Now that we're thoroughly bummed out. But there is actually good news. There is good news. Is that we don't have to figure it out on our own. We don't have to figure it out on our own. In fact, we weren't designed to figure it out on our own. We weren't created to do it on our own. We were created to be in relationship and have dependency on the Father, on the Holy Spirit. We were created to not just do life on our own, but to have God as our guide for the Holy Spirit to lead us. That's what we're going to be talking about today is how the Holy Spirit, one of his major functions is to lead us through this confusing life because it's confusing. You know, I, I, I shared it with you a few weeks ago, but I, I recently went down to Brazil. And I've gone a number of times and Brazil thoroughly confuses me. I mean, they speak this weird language that I don't understand. The, the culture is different. The, 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 you know, the landscape is, everything is different in Brazil. And I'm confused. You know, when I hear people speaking Portuguese, I don't know what they're saying. But you know what? I have learned to rely on the missionaries. To let them lead me through this confusing situation. Because they can understand the language. They say, this is what they're saying. We need to go this way. Or, hey, no, don't drink that water. That water's bad. Or don't swim in that part of the, the river. That's bad. And I begin to, I begin to be like, okay, I don't, I don't maybe have, I'm still confused, but I begin to, to have someone who can lead me through the confusion. And the more I go down and the more I listen to the missionaries and, and learn from them, the, the, the confusion lessens, but I'm still not an expert. I'm still somewhat confused when I go down to Brazil, and the same is true in life. The Holy Spirit leads us through this confusing life, and it doesn't make it less confusing. There's still mystery and confusion, and yeah, we can learn more about life, but we, we always need a guide to lead us through because that's why we're, we were created, to have relationship with him. So it is so important for us as individuals to, to be comfortable with being led by the Holy Spirit and, being, and, and understand what that means to be led by the Holy Spirit. And not, not just as individuals, but as a church. It is, it is so key. This church is a spirit-led church. That is who we are. Fundamentally, we are led by the Holy Spirit. We're not led by, you know, the latest book about church. We're not led by, you know, what culture says about religion. We're not led by our own good ideas. We are led by the living spirit of the living God. That's who we are as VCDC. So we're going to look at what it means to be led by the Spirit, what our role is in it, and, and just how we do it. So before we do that, let me just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you lead us. We ask you to come be with us this morning, to speak to us. In your name, amen. 
So I'm going to be jumping around a lot. We're not going to be really landing in one place in Scripture. So if you want to try to follow along, you can, but we will have the the verses on the the screens as well. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 8 right now, verse 14. And it says this. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and all that daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I love this passage. There's, there's so much that we can unpack here. And I can't get into all of it, but I want to I look at a few things that we see in this. You know, basically, right at the top, what it says is it says, if you are a child of God, you are led by the Spirit. That's just a fact. That that's who we are. We need to be led by the Spirit. Children of God are led by the Spirit. Again, it's really fundamental for us to understand that that's how we're supposed to function in life, being led by the Spirit of God, that we are called to follow Him. You know, He didn't make us, He didn't create us and say, good luck down there, guys. I'll be up here eating popcorn, watching how this turns out. No, he says, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to be with you. But you know what? There's actually something in this text that's even more fundamental than that. That we have to understand before we understand being led, there's something we have to understand even before that. And it's this. It's before we know what we do, We must know who we are. Let me say that again because it's important. Before we know what we do, we must know who we are. This is so key. We have to know who we are, and who we are is laid out in this verse really clearly. Verse 15 tells us The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption into sonship and daughtership. Who we are are sons and daughters of the king. You are a child of God. That's who you are. And we have to understand that before we understand what we do. See, before we do, we must be. We have, to, we have to just be comfortable with being his son, being his daughter. That our value, our worth, it doesn't lie in what we do, what we accomplish. It, 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 it lies in who we are. See, it says you're not a slave. A slave is, is defined by the, the function that they carry out. You're my slave. You do this for me. My slave is, is, you know, someone who carries out some kind of work or duty. That's their identity is what they do. But see, a, a son, a daughter is defined by who they are, not what they do. You're a son. You're a daughter. This is so important. Our identity is not what we do. It's in who God says we are. And we see this even in the life of Jesus, Right? Even in the life of Jesus, it says that, you know, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit and led into the wilderness and then his ministry started. But you know what happened right before he was led by the Holy Spirit and before he really did anything ministry-wise? You know what the Bible says? It says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. See, before Jesus started his ministry, It was key that people knew and he knew that who he was, that he was the son. And the same is true for us. The Holy Spirit reminds us. It's the Holy Spirit who tells us that we are sons and daughters. Do you see that in verse 16? It said, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God because we forget or maybe we don't know. 
And I love this. You know, one of the names we see for the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible is this name. It's called the Paraclete. Paraclete. And it's such a great name. And there's so much that, how, that, that it means. And usually it gets translated into words like the advocate or the helper or counselor or, or comforter. And it means all those things. It means all those things, but it means more. See, one of the things that, that a, the paraclete was, was it was, a, it was a legal term. It was actually a legal advocate, someone who would come into a courtroom and say, speak on behalf of someone else, say, that man is not a murderer, and this is why, this is who that man is. Or, or so they would say, that woman is not a thief, I was with her the other day. She's not a thief. This is who she is. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. It says, that's not who you are. This is who you are. And not only does the Holy Spirit, not only is he an advocate for us, but he's actually an advocate to us. He doesn't just go and say, that's not who that guy is. He goes to you and says, that's not who you are. You are not, you know, who you think you are. You know, when we blow it big time, when we fall into sin, we fall into addiction, when we've, when we've just really lost it, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, comes and says, that's not who you are. You're not defined by your sin. You are my son. You are my daughter. You know, every morning, Every morning, I've, I've, I really, I've, I've learned this from my mom, but I try to spend at least a few minutes with God every morning. And one of the things that I do is I, I ask the Holy Spirit, I say, Holy Spirit, I need, to, I need to hear who you say I am. Because if I don't hear him say, Jay, you're my son and I love you, then I, I try to find that identity, my purpose, and so many other places like if I'm a good husband or if I'm a good father or if I'm cool enough or smart enough or talented enough or accomplished enough or have enough things or good looking enough or whatever. But if I don't hear, no, this is who you are first, I try to find it everywhere else. It is so important that we know that before we do, we are. The same is true for you. You aren't your job. You aren't your ministry. You're not your belongings, you're not your bank account, you're not your good deeds, you're not your bad deeds. You are a son, you are a daughter of the king. And this doesn't mean that what we do is not important. What we do is extremely important. The Bible is full of commandments and things of saying, you, you, you gotta do this or do this. What we do is, is a lot of significance, but it flows out of who we are. Not the other way around. It's not what we do that defines us. It's who we are. And then what we do flows out of who we are. Because what we do is important. You know, the Bible talks about it. The Bible says that God has a plan for your life. Do you believe that? God has a plan for your life. And it's a good plan. It's a wonderful plan. It's a plan. The Bible says the plan that God has for your life is a plan to prosper you. He wants you to be the most that he's created you to be. He's had this plan before you were even, you know, born. Since the beginning of time, he had a plan for your life, and it's a good plan. His plan is good. And I love what Jesus says. I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but in, 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 in John chapter 5, I love what Jesus says where he says, you know, I, I don't just do what I want to do. I don't do what I want. I, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only do what, what's in the Father's plans. So how do we know the Father's plans for our life? Well, Paul tells us in Ephesians 3, when he's talking about God's plans, he says God's plans are laid out to us or revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. If we want to know God's plans for our life, what our purpose is, why we're here, it's through the Holy Spirit. It's through relationship with God. It's relying and being led by the Holy Spirit. So how then are we led by the Holy Spirit? 
How does this Holy Spirit lead us? Well, he really leads us in all kinds of ways. Like he's constantly speaking to us. But I know for some of you guys, for some of us here today, we think, I don't buy it. You know, I don't really think he's speaking. Or maybe I don't think he's really speaking to me. But let me just say this. He is speaking to you. And the problem is not on his end. The problem is on our end. Like maybe we're just not listening. Or maybe we're only listening for him to say a specific thing in a specific way. Like, God, I really need you to tell me this thing, and I need you to tell me in this way. But he's over here saying a million things to you. But you're like, I'm just waiting for this one thing. We need to tune into his voice to always listen, not just when we think we need to or, or for specific things. I like this quote by Dallas Willard. He says, our failure to hear his voice when we want to is due to the fact that we do not in general want to hear it, that we want, only, we want it only when we think we need it. How many of the, I mean, that's true for me so many times. That I'm, I'm, I'm just cool to go through my life without the Holy Spirit, and then all of a sudden when there's a crisis, I'm like, I need you to speak to me now, Lord. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And, he, and he's faithful. He speaks to us then, too, but maybe we, we haven't tuned our ears to hear him yet. We need to constantly be tuning into him so we, 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 we can hear his voice clear because he's constantly speaking to us. Another issue I see a lot of times, and this is, again, true for me, but I'm sure it's true for a lot of us, is I want God, I want the Holy Spirit to give me the big picture first. I want him to tell me where we're going and say, okay, now I know where we're going, I'll meet you there. Like, tell me where we're going and then I'll go. But I'm waiting here for you to tell me how this is all gonna pan out. But that's not typically how the Holy Spirit works. Sometimes he does, but not typically. Typically, he speaks to us by telling us, you know, I want you to take one step. I'll take another step. But where are we going? Just take another step. Come on, just tell me where we're going. You'll see. Like, I want you to go pray for that guy. Or I want you to get involved in children's ministry. Or I want you to, you know, be more faithful in, in attending your small group. Or I want you to be more generous with your money. Or I want you to be more kind to your kids. Or, or whatever it is, it's these, these steps. We take these steps, and before we know it, we're, you know, that big picture, that plan, is unfolding before our very eyes. Charles Swindle says this, the Lord never hides his will from us. In time, as you obey the call first to follow, your destiny will unfold before you. Listen, if you want to know your purpose, if you want to know what you're called to do, you are called to follow. So take a step, take another step, take another step. And when we do that, the big picture begins to unfold. We have to listen to him daily with a small thing. So I, here's what I want to do. I want to get really practical now. And I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit speaks. How he speaks to us. So this is a, I mean, I mean you, could, you could spend your life and, and still not really crack the surface on, on how he speaks to us. So we're going to look at it just for the next like, you know, little bit. But I want to encourage you, again, if you want to learn more about hearing God's voice, then please sign up for the class hearing God's voice in the lobby. If you've never taken that class, I want to really challenge you to take it. We can all grow in this area of hearing his voice better. So again, if there's a table in the lobby. Please sign up for it. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go through just a really, you know, not comprehensive, but a list of common ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us and, and talk about them. So the first one I want to talk about is this, and I think it's really the primary way that the Holy Spirit guides us and speaks to us, and it's Scripture. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Bible. 
And I know a lot of times when we think about the Holy Spirit leading us through the Bible or, or speaking us through the Bible, we, do, we think of that thing like, I'm going to open it up and put my finger down on whatever it says. But that's not what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit, un, un, he, he gives us his will. He shows us what we need to be doing through, through his word. You know, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It says that it is God breathed. You know that, that the, the phrase, the breath of God, is a name for the Holy Spirit. That it's, it's inspired. It's, 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 it's how the Holy Spirit primarily wants to lead us. I mean, he wants to lead us in lots of ways, but that's got to be number one. And one of the problems I see with a lot of the you know, postmodern churches is that we've abandoned the Bible. We don't look to it. We don't know it. One of the problems of, of why we don't know what God wants us to do is because we don't know what his word says. You know, you want to know what you need to do with your money. The Bible talks about it. You want to know, you know, what you should look for in a spouse. The Bible talks about it. You want to know what you should do with all this anger that you have. The Bible talks about it. And the Bible gives us so much practical knowledge. And it's the first place we need to go when we're trying to find God, the Holy Spirit's leading in our life. Okay, so the next one I want to talk about is a little more um, subjective, but it's still pretty solid. Not, not nearly as solid as Scripture, but it's this. It's through community. Community. The Holy Spirit talks to us. He speaks to us through each other. You know, I've had so many times in my life where, where I've had like multiple people tell me the same thing, and I can think, that's a coincidence. Or I can think, maybe that's the Holy Spirit. Like, I remember growing up, I had, you know, multiple people over and over again tell me, you're supposed to be a pastor. You're called to be a pastor. And I, I got sick of it. I got sick of hearing it. And then I remember in my 20s, when, when I was like, what am I supposed to do with my life? People started saying it again. And, and I thought, oh, maybe this is the Holy Spirit. I'm slow sometimes. But, but God speaks to us through our community. That doesn't mean I do whatever anyone tells me to do. It doesn't mean you should just do whatever anyone tells you to do. But, it, but the Holy Spirit can speak to us through each other. Like I have people that I've designated in my life that hey, can you, can you help me navigate through life? Like People that I respect, people that I know listen to the Holy Spirit, people that I know care about me. Like I've asked them to have that place in my life and we need to, we need to be teachable people that we are willing to hear what other people have to say. So community, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through community. The next thing I want to talk about is through our circumstance. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through circumstance, I was actually talking to my brother about this one where we've had people who say like things like, God told me I was supposed to mar- I'm supposed to marry that girl. God told me I'm supposed to marry that girl, but if she doesn't want to marry you, then maybe God's speaking to you. <laughs> or, you know, have you ever had a situation where you've like, you know, run into the same person multiple times in a day. Like, I keep on bumping into this guy. Man, what a, what a weird coincidence. Again, maybe it's not a coincidence. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying, uh, hey, I want, you to, I want you to talk to this guy, or I want, I want something to happen. He speaks to us through our circumstances. Next one is, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through our thoughts and our emotions. This is covering a really broad spectrum of, of the ways he speaks to us. But you know, and it first says it in Jeremiah, but it says it all throughout the Bible that the, the Lord writes his word. He writes his law on our hearts and on our minds. What that's saying is he, he speaks to us through our hearts, our emotions, and through our minds, our thoughts. So not every thought you have is your own. Not every feeling that you feel is your own. 
Have you ever, again, had a situation where, you know, a thought just keeps on entering into your brain and you're like, I'm, I'm doing this. Why do I keep on thinking about that? Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Or have you ever had a situation, you know, where you're, maybe you're praying for someone and, like, you get a picture. Like that's, that's called a vision, but it's just a picture. It could be like a whole scene that pans out or it could just be a really simple, simple picture. But maybe that's the Holy Spirit. Or sometimes God can give us what we call prophetic words where we know something about someone that, that we shouldn't really know. Like there's no way we could know that. Like we're like, hey, for some reason, I just I feel like you're, you, you know, your, your back has been really bothering you. Yeah, it has. That's the Holy Spirit. Those are prophetic words. Or have you ever had one of those situations where you're walking down the street and someone's, you know, coming towards you and then you're just overcome with, like, emotion for that person? You feel deep sadness for them or you're filled with compassion or something. That's, That's the Holy Spirit. He's speaking through our emotions. Holy Spirit speaks through our, through our thoughts and our emotions. And finally, the last one I want to talk about is what I call etc. etc. See, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in so many, so many different ways. Just lots of strange ways. You know, you read through the Bible and there's just like, the Holy Spirit speaking through donkeys or burning bushes or, or, you know, like, I don't know, angels or all kinds of things. I know in, in, in my life, I've, I've watched the Holy Spirit speak through bunnies to my, my wife, I, not literally speaking through the bunnies, but just all kinds of ways the Holy Spirit has, has spoken to me and in, in what I've witnessed. Some that seem super, super, supernatural, and some that seem very natural, but they're all supernatural. We just start tuning into it. You know, recently, my family just went on vacation to uh, the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And uh, we had a really good time. I'm sure a lot of you saw pictures on Facebook or whatever. But we had a really good time. And there was a a woman that when when we came back, came and talked to my dad and just said, you know, I, like, I'm really happy that you guys had a good time. And, but every picture I saw just brought so much sadness in my heart because I just, I I grew up with such an abusive family and just such a horrible childhood that I just made me feel like I'll never have what you guys have with your family. And and my dad, you know, said, but you're, you have a new family. You know, she's a woman in our church. And he, he said, you're part of, part of our family. You're part of the VCDC family now. Your family. And she said, yeah, it's, but I just don't feel it. It's not the same. I don't know if I believe it. And so my dad didn't share that with me. And I was, I was going th- to Meyer with my daughter, Olive. And she's, she's three years old. And we were just going through Meyer. And that woman began, she was there too. And we began to come up to each other. And I don't think Olive has ever met this woman. But right when he saw her, he said, hey, daddy, she's family. There's family. And as she got closer, Olive said to her, you're our family. Isn't that that beautiful? The Holy Spirit speaks through toddlers. And I promise you, the more we, we give the Holy Spirit to speak in our life, the more time and space and and just energy we put into letting him speak to us and and listening to him, the more his voice will become clear. And the more we we do what he asks us, the more we'll we'll start understanding his voice a lot clearer, which leads me to my last and final point. What is our response when we think that we are hearing from the Holy Spirit? What do we do when we think we've heard from the Holy Spirit, when we think he's speaking to us or leading us? Well, there's two things that I want to I talk about. The first thing that we do when we feel like we're hearing from the Holy Spirit is what the Bible says is we test the Spirit. We test the Spirit. See, here's what I mean. 
I've had situations in my life where I've been this kind of person, but have you ever experienced one of those people um, or you've been this person that just kind of feels like anything that happens, that's from God? Like we were talking about that guy who says, I'm supposed to marry that woman because I care about her. Or, or something where, like, I had a woman recently tell me that she was supposed to leave her husband because, you know, she didn't have peace about being with him anymore. And it was from the Holy Spirit. Like, anything, that, any emotion, any, any situation, that's, the, that's God, that's the Holy Spirit. But let me just tell you, not every emotion we feel, not everything that we think, not everything that happens to us is from the Holy Spirit. 1 John 4 tells us that we need to test the Spirit. Because the truth is, is we have multiple voices speaking to us, don't we? We have our own voice, our own thoughts, our own reasoning, our own conscience, our own, all those things. We have culture, we have the world speaking to us, like that commercial that we saw. We have, we have the world speaking to us. We have the enemy. We have Satan who's tempting us and lying to us and deceiving us. And we have the Holy Spirit. So then how do we discern those voices? And let me, let me ask you this. Raise your hand if you believe that you can kind of identify when you're being tempted. Like when you're being tempted by the enemy, you're like, I know, I'm being tempted. Raise your hand. So most of us are raising our hand. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hand for this one, but I bet you if I asked you how many people here can identify when the Holy Spirit is speaking to them clearly, we wouldn't get as many people raising their hands. And let me just say, it is, it is how sad is that that us as the people of God are more confident in identifying the voice of the enemy than we are in identifying the voice of our Father. We need, to get, we, we need to learn the Father's voice. The scripture tells us that God's sheep know the shepherd's voice. We need to learn his voice. So we test it. We test it. So here's some simple ways we can test the Spirit. Lining it up with scripture. What does scripture say about what I'm feeling here? A scripture, you know, if, if you're feeling like I just need to leave my husband... Well, no, Scripture says no, that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit. Or if, if, if the Spirit is telling you something like, you should be afraid and you should be ashamed of who you are, that's not the Spirit. That's not the Spirit. We line it up with what the Bible says. Because if it's, if it's something that's contrary to the Bible, then that's not the Spirit of God. Another question we ask is, is, what does wise counsel say about this? So if I think like, hey, I feel like God's calling me to go move to Peru. I'll go and talk to my dad. I'll go talk to Michael. I'll go talk to my wife. And I'm sure they'll all say, nope. <laughs> I don't think that's from the Holy Spirit. And I listen. I listen. I listen to wise counsel in my life. So if you, that's so important that if if you feel like the Lord is calling you to do something, especially if it's a big thing, bounce it off of people that you trust. Bounce it off of people and listen to what they say. The next one is, is what do your circumstances say? What do your circumstances say? You know, one of the things that I like to say is the Holy Spirit, one of the clearest ways he speaks to me is through open doors and closed doors. So if I feel like he's calling me to do something, especially if it's not like a huge, crazy thing, is I'll say, okay, I'm going to start stepping in this area. And if you don't want me to do this, then shut the door. Close the door. And if this is your will, then, then open the doors. And I find so often in my life, he, he will really speak to me that way. That, I'll, that he'll say, nope, we're closing that door. Like, okay, well, then I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. But we need to test the spirit. We need to, to test the spirit. But here's the second thing we need to do. Because while a lot of us, you know, will, are prone to just jump out and think everything is the spirit, or to just, you know, jump out without thinking, I think most of us really struggle with, we just don't do what the spirit says. We don't do what God is asking us to do. And when the Spirit speaks to us, we must obey. We obey. This is so key. 
See, we need to be a church that not only believes that the Spirit of God has power and that we invite the Holy Spirit and that we believe in the prophetic and we believe in speaking in tongues and we believe in healing, but we need to be a church that is open to obeying the Spirit of God. And not even open. We need to be a church that just says, yes. Yes, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Where he tells us to go, we go. What he tells us to do, we do. I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, being led by the Spirit is actually a very practical part of living the Christian life. Simply put, to be led by the Holy Spirit just means to be obedient to him. It means being obedient to him. Because are we truly being led by the Spirit if we're not doing what he says? Maybe we hear his voice very clearly. Maybe we have really powerful prophetic giftings. Maybe we have really powerful gifts of healing and discernment and all of these you know, spiritual gifts. But if we don't do what he's asking us to do, are we really Spirit-led people? We need to be a church that are, is, is full of Spirit-led people. I mean, there, there, are, there are lots of verses in the Bible that talk about things like quenching the Spirit or grieving the Spirit or resisting the Spirit. And there's actually lots of debate on what, what those things mean. Um, and, and I think it can mean a lot of different things. And I'm, I, I, I think I'm still studying it. But I think primarily what it means to quench or resist or to grieve the Spirit is when we don't listen to it. When the Spirit is asking us to do something and we do something else. Or when the Spirit of God is doing something in our midst and we say, we're, we're going we're to keep on doing this instead. When we just don't let the Holy Spirit lead us. So when we read something in Scripture, when, when, the, when we read something in Scripture that challenges the way that we live, challenges a behavior in our life, and we say, well, I'm going to keep on doing it anyways, are we really spirit-led people? Or when we're praying for someone and the Lord says, I want you to, to pray this over them and we don't do it, are we spirit-led people? Or when you're at the mall and God says, I want you to go talk to that stranger and you don't do it, are you being led by the spirit? We need to be people who are saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. There's a quote that's, a John Wimber quote that's really famous in the vineyard, but it said, he said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. That faith is all about stepping out and saying, I'm going to take a risk. And I don't think it's because John Wimber was a lousy speller. I think he could probably spell, but I think he's saying faith is all about risk. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little risk here. Why don't we stand? So typically when we, when we do ministry time here at the end of, of church, what we'll do is I'll be, I've been praying for, during the week that the Lord would give me some, some calls for people to respond to. Like, Lord, you know, show me how we need to minister to people. And, and really clearly this week, I felt like the Lord was saying, I just want you to be quiet and invite me and listen to me speak. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're just going to quiet, we're going to dial down and trust that the Holy Spirit is here and he's speaking to us, that he is the living God and he wants to guide us. So come Holy Spirit. Let me just say too, if you're, if you're new or if that, can, that phrase, come Holy Spirit, confuses you, we believe that the Holy Spirit is always here. We don't believe that we're asking him to, to leave where he is and come where we are. When we say come Holy Spirit, all we're saying is we give you free reign here. We, we, are, we are open to what you're doing. So come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, speak to us. encourage you, listen to, listen to the thoughts that are going through your brain. Pay attention to pictures or, or feelings that you might be feeling.
Let me ask a question. Is anyone here feeling like a tingling on their lips? Raise your hand. Do you feel a tingling on your lips? Just raise your hand. And tingling on your fingers, raise your hand. I feel like the Lord is wanting to pour out some gifts. So if you're having tingling on your lips, I feel like the Lord wants to pour out like prophetic giftings and the gift of tongues. If you're having the tingling on your your fingers, I feel like the Lord wants to um, pour out like a healing gifting. So here's here's what I want to do. If you right now, if you're here and you have any kind of sickness, whether it's a physical sickness or emotional or or anything that you could really use some prayer for, can you raise your hand? If you're sick or you're in pain or anything, raise your hand. Okay. So here's what I want us to do. There's got to be more of us. Who needs prayer? Raise your hand. All right. Um, The people around, why don't we lay our hands on them, invite the Holy Spirit, and listen to what the Spirit is saying. So keep your hands raised in the air, and the rest of us, uh, let's just gather around those people and lay our hands on them, and just say, come Holy Spirit, speak to us. And I want to encourage you that, uh, just to listen. Where this is not a time where we counsel or, or give many sermonettes, but we listen to the Holy Spirit and we speak what he's telling us to say. So raise your hand if you, if you need prayer. And this might, this might uh, necessitate us moving a little bit around. So I just encourage you to, to, to move and go pray for people. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And as we do this, we're going to sing one last song. And I just, I really want to challenge us to not be spectators, that, uh, to, to receive prayer or to pray for someone, to step out. Remember, we are called to be obedient, to obey. Um, and not, not to obey me, but to obey the Holy Spirit. Uh, so don't, don't be a spectator. And so if you're not praying for someone or if you're not receiving prayer, I just want to challenge you and encourage you to, to join us in worshiping. So... Naomi's going to lead us in a final song. Again, if you want prayer, please raise your hand. If you need prayer for anything, if you have any pain or sickness in your body, if you have any struggles that you're struggling with right now, raise your hand up. And when some, if you're not having, if people aren't praying for you, raise them up really high. And when you go to pray for them, ask them, hey, what do you need prayer for? tell you and then that doesn't have to be a long thing just real simple and then just pray that we said this is this is the only way we're going to allow you to function we just take you out of that box and we just say you have free reign in this church pour out your gifts fill us up Lord Jesus fill us up Holy Spirit we take you out of the box and right now in the name of Jesus we break fear break fear and we just pray for boldness right now in the name of Jesus.
Spirit, we just say that we are a, we are people who are led by you. We are children of God. Lord, we just pray that you speak your identity over us. And for those of us who have begun to find our identity and, and, and what we do or you know the things that we have, Lord, we just confess that and we just say we are your children first. Thank you for calling us children. Lord, we want to be people who are following you. So we ask that you give us hearts to just obey what you're saying. Give us ears to hear what you're saying, Lord. Eyes to see what you're doing. We just ask that you're, you're, you are glorified in this church. We just ask that your Holy Spirit would be so evident church when people walk in here and that we wouldn't just be a church that's confined to these walls, but we'd be a church that's going beyond these walls, taking your presence wherever we go, following your leading wherever we go. So Lord, we thank you, praise you in your name, Jesus. Guys, I just want to encourage you as you leave to, to sign up for that, that class and to sign up for the, the men's cookout and uh, have a wonderful week and we will see you next week. Bless you. Tongues of fire, Holy Spirit.